Okay, so Second Thessalonians 3 and 12, he said, Brothers, we should always give thanks to God for you. He said, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits for salvation through sanctification by the Ruach and belief in the truth. And so, like I said, um, the first fruits are the, are the first things that come out of the ground. And so that, in Hebrew, ancient Hebrew culture, ancient Israel, that's what God required in the law, that the first fruits would go to God, right? And that's what we are. We're the first fruits, and so we belong to God. We're the best. We're the best of humanity. We're the best, and, we are, and, and because we are the best, we are to belong to God. And we are the best because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. God is manifested in our flesh just like Yeshua HaMashiach in the world, Yeshua the Messiah was God manifested in the flesh. He was God-man. He was the God-man. And when you and I receive Yeshua into our heart as Lord and Savior, what happens? Repent of our sins, are baptized in his name. We receive the Holy Spirit. We too become, our bodies become God manifested in our bodies. God manifests himself in our bodies. He says, so then, brothers, sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or word of mouth or by letter. And see, we talked about this also last night. What are the traditions that were passed down to us? We're not, you know, we have 2,000 years worth of tradition of holy and godly men living a holy and godly life. And the traditions that are passed down to us are what? All the commandments of Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, all the commandments of his apostles, and all the commandments of the Old Testament that agree with Yeshua and his apostles. You see, and this is the tradition that's been handed down to us. Holiness, godliness, purity. You see, we're not always going to agree on every point of doctrine. We're not always going to agree. But the bottom line is, is that there are holy and godly men in these different traditions. And these are the ones who we're supposed to be learning from. We're supposed to be learning from Paul. We're supposed to be learning from Peter. We're supposed to be learning from some of the first, the first century saints, the desert fathers. On and on. There are all these holy men. These are preachers today who are living holy and godly lives and who preach holiness, who preach purity and righteousness. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's about doing it. It's about living the truth. It's not just about head knowledge and knowing the Bible. It's not about that. What it's about is living a holy life. That's what it's about. Sanctification. This is what he's talking about. Sanctification and belief in the truth. That's what it's about. Sanctification, belief in the truth. And that is how and that is where we're going. We have 2000 years of Christian history that's pointing us all to Yeshua. You see, it's not in spite of all of our the church's mistakes and mess ups and uh, horrible decisions and all these different and divisions and so on. We still have the, the teachings of Yeshua and his apostles. We still have that. And we are to adhere to that. And the goal of their teaching is what? To be just like Yeshua the Messiah. And that's how we're to interpret all scripture. Does it make me more like Yeshua? Does it imitate how Yeshua lived his life? So if the truth comes from an Orthodox priest, or if the truth comes from a Catholic priest, or if the truth comes from a Protestant preacher, if, it, if, it, if Christ-likeness, if they're preaching Christ-likeness, then that's a truth that I can, that I can accept and live by. And that's the point. 
so these are the traditions. Like I said, you and and the and the home is the little church. The home, our home, is a little church. And the traditions have to continue on through our homes, these little churches, that when we come together, we form what? The corporate body of Christ. You see, we form the corporate body of, of Yeshua. And that's, that's the, 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 the communal church, the, the, the big church, so to speak. But that's where it begins. It begins with these little churches in the home. Continuing the traditions of the apostles uh, and the teachings of Yeshua and his apostles and doing what? Obeying them. So that way we and then all of us together being obedient form a very strong church. You cannot have we cannot have a strong church without first having strong homes. And you can only have strong homes by having obedience and faithfulness to the teachings of Yeshua and his apostles in our home. So our home is a little church. And this is where it starts. It starts right here. The traditions of Yeshua and his apostles must continue first in the home. So it's why we've always got to be on the same page to be obedient to the scriptures no matter what, even if it hurts. He says, so then, brothers and sisters, in verse uh, for Second Thessalonians 2.15, so then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on. Hold on to the traditions which you were taught. You see, and in those and in accompanying obedience to the teachings of Yeshua and his apostles, what is there? There's fasting. There's a tradition of prayer. There's a tradition of singing the word of God. There's a tradition of of uh, of 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 of, um, of commun- communion. You see, there's a tradition. These are traditions that are handed down to us for what? To point us all towards one goal, towards God's goal. And that goal is Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, to them who are called according to his purpose. For those who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That's what you and I are predestined for. Meaning that for, for, from eternity, it's past, all the way in eternity, in heaven, before the universe was created, that's what God had planned for you and me. God had planned for us, all of us, to be just like Yeshua, to think like him, to speak like him, and to behave like him. That's right. That's what, that's what he called us for. And that's the tradition. That's the goal of God. So all interpretation of the scriptures must lead to that goal. And that's how you know that that interpretation is correct. Did Yeshua do it? Did Yeshua teach it? Did his apostles do it? Did his apostles teach it? Is this teaching going to make me imitate more closely the life of Yeshua? And that's how I know that that doctrine is correct. You see, and that's, and that's, and when you take that attitude, almost 80%, 85%, 90, dare say 90% of the junk that's taught in church would disappear because that stuff does not point you. 90% of what we teach in the church today and in our homes does not conform to the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. It leads you to death. He says, so now, he says, so then brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on. That means stand firm in it. Don't let go of the traditions that are handed on, handed to you. He says, so then brothers, stand firm and hold on to the traditions which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by our letter. So now you can see that there are traditions that the, that the apostles handed down orally 
and there are traditions that the hand that the apostles handed down by letter. And so we we adhere to the traditions that our apostles handed down to by letter. Now there are some of our um some Christians who were disciples of the apostles, and there are things that we can learn from them, the apostolic fathers, the didache, so on. There are things that we can learn from them, and so we do, and we adhere to that. Verse 16, now may our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah himself, and God our Father who loved us, and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, comfort and strength in your hearts, in every good deed and word. So may he give you comfort to do the right thing. May you be comfortable at doing the right thing at all times. And then may he strengthen our hearts to do the right thing at all times. You know, sometimes we feel uncomfortable. There are certain traditions, certain things, certain points of obedience where we feel uncomfortable doing because we're afraid. Oh, what will somebody say of me? Oh, what will they do to me? Will they reject me? Will they like me? Will they not like me? You see, we, we get uncomfortable sometimes and worried about what other people think. But what Paul is praying for here is that God would comfort our hearts about that. Like, hey, listen, if it, blessed are you when people revile you and say all kinds of evil things against you for my name's sake. Blessed are you. He says, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Blessed, blessed are you. You see, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm merging two verses, but Yeshua does say, blessed are you when people uh, curse, say, uh, speak all kinds of evil against you for my name's sake. Rejoice and be glad. You see, so that's uh, God will give us comfort to do the right thing in public when other people don't like it. And then not only will he make us comfortable with doing it, he will strengthen us to do it. He will give us the strength of mind to do it, the willpower to do it. You see, and that's what that's what God does. The Bible says in Philippians, I think it's for that he for it is God who works in you both to will and to do according to his good purpose. He he not only works in you to will, but all but to will and do for it is. I'm going to find that for you. That is Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. He says, for it is God who works in you to will and to do according to his good purpose. And so why does God do that? He, he, he gives us a mind to want to do what is right. And then he gives us the ability to do what is right. You see, it's not just enough to want to do the right thing. We have to actually do it. And see, and that's what matters what matters is not how much head knowledge you have. What matters is whether you're doing what the scripture says or not. You see, God gives you the knowledge. He gives you what you need to know to do it. Then he gives you the power, the unction, the impetus to do it, to do it. You see, you have to have both. If you don't have the knowledge, you won't know what to do. If you don't have the impetus, the power to do it, then even if you know to do the right thing, it won't matter. Because it's the doing that counts. And so what we're dealing with today and what we have to be very careful of is we have to be careful that we don't deceive ourselves into thinking that we're pleasing to God and doing what's holy in God's sight when really we're not. Because what the Lord is looking for above everything else is that we do what the scripture says. And I'm going to read this and we'll close with this verse. In James, in chapter... James chapter James chapter 1 
and verse 22. He says, uh, we'll start at verse 19. He says, know this, my dear brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger. For human anger doesn't produce the righteousness of God. So put away all moral filth and excess of evil and receive with humility the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So put away. So you see again, action and knowledge. Action and knowledge. He says, put away all moral filth and excess of evil. Put it away and receive with humility the implanted word. So it's both. It's learning and doing which is able to save your soul, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deluding yourselves. So if I'm a hearer of the word and not a doer, the only person who I'm tricking and deceiving is myself. If I think that I'm holy and pleasing to God because I just know the Bible, then I then then what? I'm lying to myself. And this is where most Christians are today. We think that just because you hear a good word in church or you hear a um, you're you're listening to the Bible or you you attend church on Sundays or because you sing or you're engaged in Christian activity, that that makes me holy. That makes me right with God. But it does not. That is not what that is not it. What what makes me right with God after I'm born again is that I am then a doer of the word. I hear a good a word that cuts me, that tells me to stop doing a particular sin. How do I respond? Not by going home and continuing to do the same thing. I respond by saying, you know what? This brother is telling the truth. I repent. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop watching the movies with killing, cussing, and sex in it. I'm going to stop hanging out with those gossiping and lying and no good friends that I have. I'm going to stop going to these sinful places that lead me into sin and make me want to go back into the world. I'm going to stop doing whatever the thing is that the Lord has shown me one-on-one, having a conversation with somebody, or by by reading the scriptures. That's that's what that's what it's going to be. That's what I'm going to do. That's going to that's the appropriate response. When I hear what the scripture says, I conform. I conform because that's what love does. Love conforms. If I love the Lord and I'm going to be obedient to his commandments, then I'm going to conform because obedience is love for God. So I don't want to deceive myself in the thinking that I'm holy and godly in God's sight, and I'm not. And then in the final day, when I stand before the Lord, what happens? I'm saying, well, Lord, why am I not getting in? Well, I mean, I studied the Bible. I attended church. I did all those different things. How, how come you didn't How come you didn't accept me? And see, and this is the danger. If you, um, this is the danger. There's, there's a few examples. There's one example of this. That's exactly right. There's an example of this, a very serious example of this in Matthew chapter 7. And that's exactly right, because you didn't do it. There's an example of this in Matthew 7, where you had some men who thought that because they were engaged in Christian activity, they thought that they were going into heaven. And then they're surprised, then they're surprised by the fact that the Lord God of heaven has, re- has rejected him has rejected them. There's a verse in um, there's a verse 
It's in Matthew chapter 7. Okay, yeah, here we go. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, mind you, the Bible says no man can say, call Jesus Lord, Yeshua Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So these are men who have the Holy Spirit. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. So you see, you got a whole bunch of Christians who are saying, Lord, Lord. You see, they're not, they're not only proclaiming the name of the Lord, they're not only admitting that they know the Lord, but they're excited about it. Lord, Lord, he says, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. He says, many will say to me on that day, what day? The final day when they're judged, Lord, Lord, here we go again, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? and drive out demons in your name, and perform many miracles in your name. So Lord, we did all this Christian activity, prophesying, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit, driving out demons. You can't drive out demons, but by the Holy Spirit. And doing what? Performing miracles. That's from the Holy Spirit. So you, these are people who, who had the Holy Ghost. These are people who had the power of God. And what were they doing? And they confessed Yeshua as Lord. He says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. Get away from me. But Lord, I prophesied. I drove by. I did miracles. I preached. I was a missionary. I did all this. The Lord will say, get away from me. Why will he say, get away from me? Because you didn't do my will. You heard, you heard the word and you didn't do my will. You didn't get sin out of your life. You never addressed the sin in your life. You never addressed it. You say, Pastor Austin, is it possible that a person can do all that activity and God still not be pleased with them? Just look at the children of Israel in the wilderness. God rained down manna from heaven. He gave them water from the rock. He did all these different things. God, uh, God did all that. And then 1 Corinthians 10 tells us that God was not pleased with them. He overthrew their bodies in the wilderness. He did all that stuff for them, but he was not pleased with them. Moses struck the rock. Water came out of the rock and millions of people were, were given and, and all the children of Israel were given water. But what happened? Moses didn't enter the promised land, sadly. Now, he's with, he was with God. I mean, obviously, he went to heaven. I mean, we learned that from the Mount of Transfiguration where Yeshua was talking to Moses. But he didn't get to see the promised land. And so this is what we're talking about. We don't need to delude ourselves by what we're doing for God in terms of ministry and service. We don't need to delude ourselves into thinking that that is holiness because it's not. What holiness is, is being obedient to the commands of Yeshua, doing what he says. All right, we're going to finish up with um, Hebrews. I'm sorry, James. We're going to finish up with James in chapter um, 22, 22 and 23. All right. Uh, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only delude yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he looks at himself and goes away, he immediately forgets what sort of person he was. And that's exactly what happens when we, we hear the word of God. We hear a, a word that cuts us open and then we go away and don't do it. You just completely forgot what you heard. You just completely forgot the instructions about what you need to change. Um, he says, completely forgets what sort of person he was, but the one who looks intently into the perfect Torah, the law, 
the Torah, the law that gives freedom and continues in it, not becoming a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. That's what we want to be. We don't want to be a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. And what does the Bible say? He shall be blessed in what he does. And that's how we want to be. We want to be hearers who hear and do. We don't want to forget, but we want to be a doer who acts. That's how we want to be. And the Bible says we're blessed if we do it that way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this word, Lord. Help us not to be those who forget, but to be a doer who acts. We don't want to deceive ourselves by any activity, whether it's preaching, teaching, by mission work, serving the serving people. Lord, we don't want to deceive ourselves into thinking that that is, that is the what pleases you. It does please you, Father of Heaven, but what pleases you first and foremost is our obedience to you and doing what you say. God, turn our hearts. Give us correctable spirits. Turn our hearts in the direction of obedience, Lord, all the time. We pray because you said in 1 Samuel 15, obedience is better than sacrifice, Lord. We want to obey first before we perform any sacrifice for you, we, for any sacrificial service for you. We want to be obedient first. Help us to be obedient first, Father. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen.